Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. This is Four Center. 
Joining me is the full crew, Joseph Scrimshaw, Jennifer Landa, and some special guests. What are those special guests? <laughs> Toys sent to us by a wonderful fan. Hello, Joseph. Hello, Ken. How are you? I was staring at our toys. <laughs> we have a lot here. Jennifer, in another cool t-shirt, of course, as always. Oh, thank you. I was like, who are the special guests? Are they going to bounce through the door? Uh, how are I you? I got a guy to dress I... up as a Wookiee standing oh. outside my home. <laughs> you know <laughs> me well. Oh, I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here with yes. you guys. Loving these toys. This is awesome. And for happy belated Mother's Day to you. Oh, thank you. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Absolutely. We are recording before Mother's Day, but mm-hmm. what will you have done? By the time people are listening to this, <laughs> celebrated my mother. Because even when you're a mother, you still got up. You got to push you know. it up. <laughs> Mother's work never ends. <laughs> push yes. it up the depth chart. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, what I mean? exactly. That's, that's good. That's good. And then uh, you were also featured in making Star Wars, right? Yes, as were you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I believe Joseph, you're you're coming yes, up. Uh, I'm in discussions. In discussions. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Very kind. That's good. Them. That is good. Uh, where you get to talk about some mothers and Star Wars stuff too, as well. Yes. Um, so. So also, yeah, let's address this. This is a great gift we got from a very, uh, very uh, uh, good and loyal supporter of the of the uh, doings here on, on Force Center. <laughs> and that is uh, our friend Shaler Duranlu. I, I was guessing Duranlu, but I could be incorrect, as I am about 75% of the time right. on name pronunciation. And so we've, I we've, apologize, We've had Shaler. the pleasure of meeting Shaler in yes. person. He cosplays. Well, cosplay is not the right word. I don't know. Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah he calls himself yeah. D-Lo Cosplay. So, yeah, but he is uh, the part of the steampunk Star Wars universe, uh, Baron Von Maul. Hashtag Baron Von Maul. Yeah, some of our listeners uh, who are local to Los Angeles probably saw him in the audience at our live Star Wars counseling at the Stanley Comic-Con, where he delighted and terrified everyone with his really great Darth Maul cosplay. This is awesome. Absolutely. And his girlfriend, Catherine Hayden, Harley Cat cosplay as well. They sent us a very nice letter. Uh, Shaler, we really appreciate the letter. It was heartfelt. It was sincere. And we accept your congratulations and yub-nub on our 50th databank Brawl episode. And also the wonderful gifts he sent us. He sent us some stickers, some patches, and most importantly, a chopper Funko for each of us with a custom-made battle cape from a very early episode of Databank Brawl. Yeah, yeah. Our friend, uh, we we had a Rebels-themed episode that was Chopper versus, uh, I believe, the eighth brother, Inquisitor. And uh, and our friend Matt Belknap in the narrative put a cape on Chopper because Chopper was trying to get respect. And you get respect in Star Wars by caping up. <laughs> by caping up. <laughs> oh. It is a great custom-made yeah. cape. And it's legit, Jennifer. Look at this. I love it. This brings me great joy. And yeah. the cape suits him so well. Yeah, it's like molded to him. Like, yeah. the, like yeah. the wind is at his back. He's on a cliff <laughs> and the wind is dramatically blowing it forward. Yeah. Oh, um, it. Shaler created a design for the cape and, and Kat sewed it all together with excellent precision. I mean, it's it's hard to describe. So it's, it's it's like it's like material, cape material. Yeah. Um, it, like, like Joseph said, it's really fit perfectly to Chopper's body with a nice Nice string and a bow uh, tying together, but it's got this little flare at the bottom. Yeah. I love it. Look at that. Look at that. Oh my gosh. It, this is really well yeah. made. Chopper. It's <laughs> awesome. Chopper and Shaler have designed this so it drags a little bit on the floor, yes. right? Yeah. So it, it sweeps behind him. I oh. mean, it. wow, it, it's fine work. Shaler, we appreciate it. Uh, he also provided us some... Uh, 
um, fuel for future databank episodes. Yes, some tiny little whiskey bottles that look actually like a little bit of a perfume or cologne that I could dab on my neck if I wanted. I've got oh, my chopper can. surrounded in a little circle of love from the whiskey bottles <laughs> in front of me. We appreciate that, Cat and Shaler. We appreciate uh, you listening, supporting, and that we can reach out and uh, and affect your life in a positive way just by talking about Star Wars. That is part of what Star Wars is to the greater galaxy and to everyone. So let's dive right in. There's yeah. a, lot of, a lot of things we want to talk about. We, we want to new, do some news. And we're going to kind of catch up where we are at with The Last Jedi. It's still a while away, but it's moving fast. So you're going to get a lot of Last Jedi previews as everything, including us, builds up to the release in December. But we want to kind of take stock of where we are now. But before we do that, Jennifer, as always, you're here with some news. Yeah, let's catch up. So last month, Kathleen Kennedy said that Disney might announce the next Star Wars anthology film this summer. She didn't say whether it be at Comic-Con or at D23 Expo. (laughs) Just out in front of her house. (laughs) Just Just in front of her house. Open the door and scream. (laughs) Hello, it's Obi-Wan. Well, we'll get to that. She said that she thinks that they're getting close, but, quote, I never want to predict uh, predict the creative process because it is its own thing. So we're in the midst of those discussions right now, end quote. So as always, rumors are flying around that the next film will focus on Obi-Wan Kenobi. And as always, poor Ewan McGregor yeah. has to deny that this film is in the works. He told Jimmy Kimmel recently, quote, it's gotten to the point now that it looks like I'm <laughs> touting for work on Disney's front door. <laughs> Best you, McGregor, uh, I've ever heard. I now, what that was. all news articles have to have a voice, whether it's appropriate or not. <laughs> oh, so uh, he said, of course, that he's happy to do the film as mm-hmm. always. Um, but he also said that it would be a good segue between the last episode of the prequels and the new episodes. Mm. So, all right, let's look at this. Yeah. Do we think? I don't think that this going to happen. I'm sorry. I don't think it's happening. You don't think Obi-Wan's the movie at all? No. From the way that he answered. Joseph. What do you think? Joseph. What has Jennifer done to us? I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to crush the dream. I love it. I love your strong yeah, opinion. I don't, yeah, I, I, I think it is a possibility that he's lying to us. I also think that it is a possibility that uh, maybe a little lie or just that, they, that Lucasfilm knows the second they ask him, he will just say yes. Right. So that yeah. it, maybe it's not a big deal that they ha- haven't had conversations. Uh-huh. If Ewan is telling the truth, which I want to believe that Ewan is not Ewan, yes. getting on his bike like he does and riding around the country, going door to door, lying to people about this Obi-Wan movie uh, that he's allegedly not had a meeting for. I think yeah. there's a possibility that they are trying to decide if that is truly the right move. And they know the second they do, he'll jump on. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I think so, but Jennifer, why, so why in your heart do you believe he's lying? Well, there is, there is actually something to it. I noticed that he blushed when Jimmy Kimmel brought it up about like whether, you know, meetings and stuff uh-huh. like that. His face, you can see a little bit of flush mm-hmm. in his cheeks. Right. So I think he has maybe had a meeting. Okay. I think mm-hmm. it's not going to be a standalone Obi-Wan Kenobi film. I think that Obi-Wan might make an appearance in the next anthology film or somewhere soon. I could, yeah. Uh, Joseph, I've never stopped to think about that. Maybe a second Obi uh, Han Solo movie contains a little uh, wayward adventure on yeah. Tatooine, and we or see Obi Wan. Wu Hair's sure. story, and <laughs> Obi Wan just wanders into the cantina. Yeah, I mean that's such a missed. Uh, that uh, that sounds judgy to say that's a missed opportunity. Yeah, I think yeah. I think their big thing. I think when she says we're, we're what will happen with the creative process, I think they're weighing how Rogue One did. Mm-hmm. 
And I think they're trying to guess and delay to see what they're thinking of the Han Solo movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think uh, we got a question that we'll be talking about it later in the audience questions, too. But I think they're also deciding how long can we stay clumped around the original trilogy. Uh Uh-huh. That's a good point, too, Joseph, because they're so much room in the galaxy and the timeline to move around in. And a lot of people calling for that old Republic stuff. A lot of people calling for, including us, for some pre-Clone Wars stuff. Um, Yeah, you're right. Do you all want it clumped in those 19 years or so between, you know, Revenge of the Sith and New Hope? Yeah. Um, I think that's a good safe place to start. They should have started there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But just, yeah, with Obi-Wan, we do. Maybe. And maybe, yeah, yeah, we want it so bad. And maybe it is one of those simple things of she's heard 18 pitches for the movie. Yeah. And she doesn't think any of them actually work. That's true. We should dial back because I think, yeah, I want it so bad. And I am a writer and I feel like, right, there has to be a way to make a good movie out of it. It should be a movie, but maybe they just haven't heard a good pitch. Right. Yeah. That's possible. It's up to you. You're our only hope. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, please. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I have several, as you can see on my wall, I have several. Soul storylines yeah. for Obi Wan yeah. scrawled yeah. on my walls. He's got a lot of I don't sleep at night. Rope and pins yeah, connecting two, three. Yeah. All is lost. Moment. Oh, <laughs> it's all there. Oh, Here's where Obi Wan saves the Gundark. Uh, <laughs> it's all good. All good. Well, we'll see you soon enough, though. Right, yeah, Jennifer? we will this summer, summer. hopefully. Uh, so May twenty fourth. Be with us. Sorry. (laughs) That's my terrible fun. Star Wars films are returning to their rightful month of May as they did 40 years ago. As we know, the upcoming Han Solo film will be released on May 25th, 2018. And now Disney has announced that Episode 9 will hit theaters on May 24th, 2019. Mm -hmm. One year Later, uh, it's an interesting move since the, I feel like they've really cornered the market in December. Yeah, why do you guys think that they moved the film? I think a couple things might be going on. I think there might be just schedules that affect larger Disney that mm-hmm. now that they know that they can destroy in December, mm-hmm. they don't want that to be just Star Wars. They want to be able to have that now that they have created a world where December is also a blockbuster movie month. Oh. Yeah. December is now a summer month, basically, for movies that they oh. want to be able to slot something else in there. They might also know accurately that we Star Wars fans can create tradition very quickly. And after <laughs> right. only two movies right. in December, we're all like table flipping mad because yeah. that's the new tradition. And maybe yeah. they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We got to change this before it's <laughs> locked in stone in fans' minds. Right. You know, the other places I've had a chance to talk about this story, I will say that December might end up being their live action type of month. Uh, we saw them try with Beauty and the Beast in yeah. March, uh, oh. but you might move over there and see, you know, Disney gets live action versions of their classic tales in December. Star Wars maybe goes back to May. I, the idea of Star Wars having two films a year is, is something I've never been hugely in favor of, um, and I don't see evidence of that happening in my, my mind, though I, I, it makes sense, May and December. But you're so right, Joseph. This move has already angered people. Yeah. Like, but Star Wars, it was December. Yeah. Look, it doesn't. It could be February. It could yes. be July. We're going to line up around the corner. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's an interesting, it's one of those, you know, there's some meetings going on we're not aware of, huh? Yeah. Right. You know? Right. I'm all for both. I hope they use both. I'm happy to have some May stuff coming back. I was upset when there were rumors that they were going to move the solo movie to December. Right. Oh, yeah. Because right. I do want a little bit of that fun mm-hmm. feeling of, it's summer. We're going to go see the big blow em up action-packed yeah. movie, and it's been great in December, but I want some May, too. Mm. Yeah, and and, and the, the other business note, too, is Star Wars has just exploded in December, 
But prior to that, it's not a hundred million dollar movie month. No, uh, the Hunger Games tried a lot of those. Uh, you know, that was the previous record holder, and, and correct me, I don't even think that crossed a hundred million. No. So Star Wars, is it Star Wars or or is it now the new season? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think we'll find out if yeah. another slot if, if if Disney live action goes there. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. That's a great point. Yeah. May is going to certainly be Star Wars month now with May the 4th right. and with all the movies. Uh, so let's talk about something, a story that is unlike anything in the films. And that <laughs> is the new comic Screaming Citadel. The story of the comic brings Dr. Afra and Luke Skywalker together. Luke wants to improve his connection to the Force, and Afra, who is an archaeologist, in case you guys don't know, has gained possession of an ancient Jedi artifact that might give him the answers that he's looking for. The two end up traveling to the planet of, oh, good God. <laughs> good planet name. Well, they, they even make a joke that you they, can't really say it. Yeah, they the make queen a queen or the planet. Oh, yeah, yeah. like Cathathathathan. Yeah. Cathathathan. Afra says, don't even try to pronounce it. Yes, Cathathathan. Uh, yeah, two on the nose. even try to pronounce it, Star Wars podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to this planet where they meet an evil and very stylish-looking queen. Uh, the comic veers into oh, yeah. gothic horror territory, uh, and I actually really enjoyed it. But Ken, I got to hear your thoughts. Well, <laughs> first of all, would you describe gothic horror queen? Yeah, I mean that's that's a woman I've been looking for my whole life. So I'm okay that's with that. That's your Tinder profile. That's yeah. my <laughs> Tinder profile search. It has all the things I like. Uh-huh. I like Luke on this journey between New Hope and Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I grew up thinking he just had a bunch of battles and he was kind of training his with his lightsaber in his room. Uh, but as I, you know, I, I can understand the story that he's on this journey. Like, I, who am I? I'm this, supposed to be this Jedi guy. I'm supposed to learn this power and I don't have anyone to teach me. I better teach myself. And maybe it isn't just training in my room. I love the Dr. Afra character. Yeah. Um, I liked her in Darth Vader. I've, I've grown to really appreciate and, and love and respect what they're doing with, with the character in, the, in, the, in her solo comic series. So I have no problem with them teaming up. There's a lot of visuals, a lot of characters. <laughs> I like the Night Sisters, mm. Clone Wars, yep. Darth mm-hmm. Maul's mama. Yeah. The Queen was reminiscent of that. Oh, yeah. There's all these things I'm okay with it. Put together, I'm, I'm, this is, this is for my, Joseph, quit laughing. Um, <laughs> I don't believe the Luke we saw hanging in the Wampus Cave had this adventure. Does that oh, make sense? Okay, oh. so this is canon busting to you. This is not mm. that it doesn't make aesthetic yes. sense that there's a force sucking vampire queen. Right. <laughs> that you're fine with force sucking vampire queens. I can live with it. Best band of the seventies. Best band of the seventies. <laughs> I like her line about it's been a while since I've tasted Jedi. Yeah. Uh, which phrasing. Um, <laughs> but I have uh I'm gonna. I'm so on board to see where this goes. Okay. All right. This isn't a negative review. I just read. I read it this morning before it recorded, and I closed it and went. Well, there's there's no space whales, so I'm okay <laughs> with that. But the Luke hanging okay, in that okay. cave. Okay. You gotta read Weapon of a Jedi. Okay. Uh, the the young adult novel that came right. out as a part of the Journey to the Force Awakens. That's right. got some great stuff in there about how Luke is like. I have this responsibility. Okay. Obi Wan Kenobi is gone. Right. The alliance is kind of like, hey, you're, you're, you seem to be really good at flying ships because of your whole force thing. Congrats. Yeah. Could you go do all of our actual Re- Rebel Alliance stuff? And he's Re- torn because he's like, I got some force stuff to, to do move. that I've also... So he, it feels like he's kind of alone on this journey. Mm. Right. Which I think okay. can speak to you of like, uh, the, the tortured guy who's torn between duty <laughs> to the Rebel Alliance. Of like, I can fly places, I can shoot things, yeah. or I can go look for queens and crystals and yeah. do all the weird force <laughs> stuff. 
Uh, so okay. to me, it makes sense. I want to read that. Yeah. He's on this mission where, like, in the actual plot of that book, is he doesn't do what he's supposed to on the planet because he realizes there's a Jedi temple there, right? And, and is like, I, I know I shouldn't do this, but I got to put Force first. Yeah, force <laughs> put the first. Force first. Um, so the idea that he's been going around doing all this stuff for the years in between A New Hope and Empire, and doesn't accomplish that much, right. which is why Obi Wan's like. All right, Luke, seriously. Seriously. <laughs> it's Dagobah time. Okay. Okay. I like that. A little counseling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I'm, I'm totally on board. I'm going to buy every episode okay. or every issue. Um, Jennifer, help me as yeah. well. You know, you I You seem to be excited by this. I am because I'm, I compartmentalize it. If it was on film, I mean, might be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Sure. This is, a, this is a real leap. Mm-hmm. But because it's in the comics, I can kind of, you know, right. I, I give it a, a pass. But I actually, I liked, I'm just learning about Dr. Afra. Okay. I love her. Sure. Mm-hmm. I want to cosplay as her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love the dynamic between mm-hmm. the two of them because he, in this, that's what I thought the comics did really well in, in this issue is that they captured his innocence farm boy and he like Joseph saying there's a tremendous amount of pressure that he mm-hmm. has on himself so I really got that I thought um, and she's mm-hmm. kind of like this this rogue and this kind of needling him I thought it was a really fun and she's very worldly right yeah. I've, I've yep. only read about half of the Darth Vader run but in that truth mm-hmm. basically her introduction but yeah. it's yes, really like it she is. gets how things go she knows yeah. that Vader's gonna turn on her yeah all these things so totally. like, mm-hmm. yeah it, that's a great contrast with Luke that she's super worldly and he's still like, well, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm figuring it all out. <laughs> She's, and there, yeah. There's a great line when he says, like, walks into that uh, the big arena, kind of where the party is, and he's like, wow. And she's like, yeah, no one, no one thinks you're a rube. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind of like, sure. Yeah, I thought there was a lot of humor too, so I'm, I'm excited. But you I'm know. On, look, I'm on board. Just don't take it as a negative. It just took. I, <laughs> A lot of thinking I have to go through. Yeah. A lot of, right. lot of processing. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm all in for weird, and I think they clearly just decided comics are where super weird goes. Yes. Completely. Yeah. Absolutely. Completely. Well, speaking of dramatic and stylish villains, <laughs> Ian McDermott yes. could be reprising his role as Emperor Palpatine Do on it. the fourth and final season of Star Wars Rebels. A source told StarWarsNews.net that about six months ago, Ian McDermott traveled to London to record his voiceover lines for Rebels. I don't mm. know how this source knew that. Maybe Ooh. it's his manager. I don't know. Um, so we'll have to see if this rumor comes true. But... How do you guys feel about Palpatine making an appearance in the show? What do you think it will add, I guess, is my... Where you come down on this? My, oh, I, I absolutely want this to be yeah. true. I want this to happen. I mean, Ian McDermott is a British stage actor, so the fact that he traveled to London is not super telling. <laughs> right? <laughs> he went yeah. down the street. <laughs> he went down the street. Uh, I assume it's more than that. I, ho- I super hope it's true. I, su- I hope the Emperor makes a big appearance. And I, Sam Witwer is great, and yeah. he's done Palpatine before, and that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But if Ian McDermott could do it again... Uh, I think even Sam would be like, by all means. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and especially after hearing him talk at... Uh, uh, the, the Star Wars celebration about how Lucas pushed him to go so over the top. Yeah. He kind of picked this, what he thought was already over the top. And then Lucas is like, no more, more. No, you got to scream more unlimited power, uh, that I would love to see him go a little bit too big Mm. as an homage to Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. And just plot wise, it suddenly made sense to me of, I don't think this is going to happen. This is not a prediction. This is sure. It would be cool. But wouldn't, if Kanan or Ezra have to end, wouldn't it be more powerful it wasn't even Vader, but it was the Emperor himself who mm. ended Kanan in particular. Wow. That oh. Kanan got all the way up to, I am in the arena yeah. with Sidious. I could end this. The guy who brought down the Jedi Order, but he, he's just Can't getting out of match. 
Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's I'm intense. all in on that. Yeah. yeah. I'm all in on that. I love the idea of Palpatine being in Rebels. Um, there's also the idea if he never appeared or never appears, maybe this is a, a television commercial. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, because that's what that's what the Emperor did. He went, he hid, he yeah. locked himself away. No one had really seen him. So I wouldn't expect him. But if if, if the rebels are growing in power, and yeah. there's something with Thrawn, and he Emperor's very close with Thrawn. Like he like he brought him in, Thrawn sold him on this idea of I know something out there in the unknown regions, bring me on board. If if that relationship is Ooh, yeah. there and it's something about that and ties into something bigger, ties into you know Vader, you have to go. There's go clean this mess up. What did, yeah. what's going on out there? I I I could see it. I can buy into it. And of course, it's Ian McDermott. Yeah, doing yeah. the Emperor. Are you? Yeah, you, I'll watch it fifty times. <laughs> Are you excited, Jennifer? Yeah, I mean, I don't know enough of the story, uh, so I don't know how he would. F- Fit in, but who cares? I mean, that, <laughs> right, right. that would be incredible and right. a perfect way to end the the series. Right? Yeah, with a big bang. Oh, yeah, that's true too. Yeah, yeah. The other th- prediction I might have mm-hmm. is since they have now built up telling the story of when the rebels go from annoying insurgency from the Empire's point of view to galactic civil war. Yeah, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be cool to see a Senate scene where he, he's just like war we are at war you know and like if if the proclamation yeah. of here's the dividing line in the timeline of star wars yeah. comes from palpatine himself screaming war, war. yeah i mean could depending on how far the show stretches past the events of rogue one into new hope and maybe you see palpatine shut down the senate yeah maybe you oh, see that yeah you see you that know. scene That'd everyone pack up your things <laughs> Wow. Leaving now. <laughs> Take your posters. <laughs> Don't steal your stationery. <laughs> but leave your Kathy calendars. <laughs> oh, oh, Kathy. Love it. Oh my gosh. I don't I don't have a segue, so I'm just gonna go into the the last Jedi. Yeah. Well, what I will say is that what's most impressive about this new era of Star Wars is how collaborative all the creators are with each other. It's mm-hmm. really amazing. Um, like for instance, in the original script of The Force Awakens, BB eight was supposed to accompany Ray on her journey to find Luke. But when Ryan Johnson read the planned ending, he asked J.J. Abrams for a a little favor. Mm -hmm. Quote, I asked if R2 could come with Ray and if BB-8 could stay behind with the Resistance, end quote. Johnson uh, wanted this droid swap because he felt like it would allow two of the original trilogy heroes to move to the center of Episode 8's story. Mm. Ryan Johnson told Entertainment Weekly that the Last Jedi story is very much about Luke Skywalker, so please do not be concerned. Um, <laughs> it explores where he is emotionally and why he went to the island of Octu. Quote, that was the starting point, and that's what the entire movie explores. End quote. So, yeah. Yeah. When, when I read this story, I was like, oh, I guess that would have been interesting. I, I just accepted. Like, it made sense that R2 would be like, I'll show you the way there. Let's go. Chewie, grab the ship. Let's do it. Right. Yeah. And BB-8's pose droid. Right. No matter. We, we had some wonderful endearing cute moments with BB-8 and Ray, and I understand there might be a connection, but that's Poe's droid. Yeah. yeah. So I never questioned it. It's interesting that they were going to have it the other way. I yeah. know, right? If Ray had just taken the droid, that would have supported the theory that she is a Skywalker because they are droid stealers. <laughs> yes. They come across a droid, and then it's just theirs. <laughs> it's uh, theirs. Yeah, and everybody yeah. takes everything from Poe, his jacket, his <laughs> droid. Yeah, the droid looks good <laughs> on the you, support. man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, to me, this really made sense of, like, J.J. Uh, Abrams was thinking about his story, and I think a part of his 
story was that early emotional connection is between Ray and BB-8. Mm-hmm. Sure. The first people kind of join one another on their little journey. So for him, like, oh, well, they continue the journey together. Great. Yeah. But from Ryan Johnson's perspective, I'm telling this other story. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Artui is, yeah. uh, is Luke's droid, man. Absolutely. Right. He's there yeah. with him. It appears the burning of his Jedi temple. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. So, He's got to be with him on Octo. Right. Octo. And Octo. I, th- <laughs> the, uh, I thought that, uh, what was it, Anthony Bresnikan, who wrote the article in Entertainment Weekly, he also mentioned that it does echo The Empire Strikes Back. Absolutely. Since R2 was there when Luke was training mm-hmm. on Dagobah. Yeah. So now Ray's going to be potentially training, so it all kind yeah. of is a nice little mirror uh, my, of each other. My question, though, is, is Chewie. What, yeah. what is, is he pack a lunch and go on the other side of the island for a little bit or, or, uh, or like, I'll come back and get you guys? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good yeah, question. Yeah, I think we, we had a fan question send that in, a fan send that exact okay, question so in. We'll, I, don't, I don't know if we uh, have it queued up, but it's a valid qu- question yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Boy. Yeah, okay. yeah okay. so that, that does it. That is a look at the news in the Star Wars world that's been going on for the last couple of weeks. Our chance to kind of sit down and react to it there. And then speaking of The Last Jedi, we want to take stock of what is going on and what do uh, we think is going to happen. What are we expecting? What's all the recent uh, kind of stories and tips and hints and little things we can speculate in? What does that poster mean? This is that time. We love doing it uh, just as much as you guys diving in. The anticipation for these movies is sometimes... Just as exciting as the movies themselves. I think that's why we're here. We're here for the long time ago in a galaxy far, far away to show up on screen and then finally have questions answered, our expectations met, and Last Jedi. Joseph, there's a lot of questions and a lot of expectations. Absolutely. Uh, We got a little bit more in that article that uh, Jennifer was just sharing the um, kind of starting point I wanted to have for this conversation mm-hmm. about The Last Jedi is all the drips coming from Ryan Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yes. So he is not doing like cute teasery spoilers. He's mm-hmm. doing sort of big, meaty, thematic things. And besides the droid conversation, one of the other back and forth with Bresnikin seemed to be uh, Ryan Johnson confirming that I didn't want the story of Luke to be that he was a coward. Mm, It's kind of phrased weird in the article, so you have to parse it. Mm. But that seemed to me like a big piece of information because it's just this little emotional flower of, of course, he's our hero. We don't want him to be a coward. Mm -hmm. But if Ryan Johnson found a way to make sure that he does not appear as a coward, Mm. that means he went to this Jedi temple for a reason. Mm -hmm. And maybe that reason is proactive, which we have discussed in the past. But this made me feel even more excited to be like, well, maybe Luke is super down on the Jedi Order. Yeah. The idea of continuing. But, like, he's actually gearing up. Yeah. Mm. Either emotionally or with some artifact or something. That he went there for a really proactive reason. Right. Because the use on Vong are coming. Exactly. Is that what it is? <laughs> no, um, exactly. Yeah, I like that take. I think it's important for Luke not to be considered a coward either. Uh, tired and over it is different and okay by me a little yeah. bit. And I think factors in a little bit. Absolutely. Every, you look at his face and everything, the way Hamill's playing it, uh, whether he wants to or not. Uh, I think that that is... Um, uh, what we got going on? We got a we got a guy who just lot lots been on his shoulders since he left that farm. Yeah, uh, you know he's hanging out with the night sister queens and everything. He's he's got a lot going on. So um, we can start there. As I said you have started us there. Uh, we're going to get a lot of answers about Luke Skywalker, which is still other than Snoke and Ray. That's the biggest and I think even more important question. Yeah, because that carries these last thirty thirty five years in the Star Wars story, and he left early. Uh, we're going to get that confirmation of his past, and and the first thing we'll start here is how much how much do you want to know? How many answers do you want to come out of Episode Eight? Yeah, 
For me, I want to know from the time of the tragedy mm-hmm. of Ben becoming Kylo, I want to know from there. Okay. I want them to leave plenty of room open for all of what Luke's adventures have been. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's not a lot uh, to ask for because the movie can't be all backstory. And it has to be stuff that's propelling the story forward. Right. right. So I think a lot of his, what's been going on with Luke is going to be, why is he there? Mm-hmm. What does he plan to do next? What does he think should happen next? And how does the existence of Ray throw a space monkey wrench into that? Right. Mm. Good space wrench. A good space wrench, yeah. Good space mm. wrench. Uh, yeah. Hydro spanner, yeah. <laughs> that's really interesting. Yeah, I think that you're right. We can't spend too much time in the past. I would like to see a little flashback. Yeah. Of the school or that mm-hmm. moment uh, between him and Kylo when Kylo turns. Um, but, yeah, I think that they just have to answer the question, why is he there? What is he doing there? Mm-hmm. And that, to me, will that will satisfy me. Do you want it answered in full, Joseph Jennifer? Do you want, for instance, we get in Force Awakens, Ray's vision, you start to see a little bit what's going on, and maybe this one, we get another kind of vision. Luke doesn't want to talk about it. I don't want to, R2, shut your mouth. I don't want to talk about it. And you, get, <laughs> you get a vision of a little bit of the temple burning, whatever we thought we saw in that teaser. Mm. And then the final answer comes in nine. It's kind of a Game of Thrones type of thing. Right. Let's stretch it out over a season. You know, we'll take you to the Tower yeah. of Joy, but we'll get you there our time oh, and our way. I would love that if yeah. there was what appears to be a complete story from Luke, mm-hmm. but there is an Obi-Wan Kenobi-like omission of something <laughs> That changes the nature of the story. Yeah, that mm. Ray gets to make that matching discovery mm. in the third film in the in the sequel trilogy of like, well, you told me all these things and they're all true from you know <laughs> from the little Luke point of view. Do you want that literal moment where she's like, "But you said," and Luke's like, "Well, all right." <laughs> yeah, is true. If it's performed exactly like that, where it looks like, "Well," he sits uh, down on a log. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. I, I also wonder if there is, I don't think there's going to be with Ryan Johnson, but if there's going to be a twist for yeah. a twist's sake. Mm. Yeah, well, twists, because we all kind of see, this this big fandom storytelling, this world we live in, which yeah. I, I love and blame Game of Thrones for a lot of it, wanting the big thing to be revealed, wanting the surprise twist that every episode has to end with a, <gasps> do, <laughs> yeah. do we need that? It's the first thing. Jennifer, do you want any kind of twist with Luke? There has to be some twist in the film. There has to be some sort of real cliffhanger moment. I mean, that is what Star Wars is, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even right. with The Force Awakens, like for me, the, the last gasp moment was yeah. when we finally see Luke and and she hands him the lightsaber. <gasps> And it, you know, cut and to black cut, or whatever. Yeah. Or no, it wasn't cut to black. Sorry. That was in my own head canon. They, they pulled back with that wide shot. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I think I think if it's something like that, that mm-hmm. to me is is what I'm looking for. That's the twist. It doesn't have to be this, you know, Luke, I am Luke, I am your father. I'm your father, Luke right. goes bad or anything, which is all stuff right. that could happen, but sure. It sounds like Joseph, you just you want it to feel very organic as it should be, and as Ryan yeah. Johnson will keep it to the story. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah. want some other reveal. Yeah. What, what's your thoughts more on I that? I think the twist that I want is that Luke came there for a purpose, but exactly as we uh, expect, he is bummed out. He is unsure whether the Jedi Order should continue, mm-hmm. and maybe he gets his hope and optimism back through Rey, mm-hmm. and that the right. big twist is that somewhere in the second act, mm-hmm. Luke feels joy again. That'd and we great. get to see that, and that's oh, there's like nice. an emotional twist. Because when's the last time Luke has felt real joy? He's yeah. felt relief at the end of Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it is it smi- the smiling at his ghost family? Yeah. Is that it? 
Or, yeah, or, maybe. Is it new, or is it New Hope? The but last I just time feel like he's, ne- he's never got to just be like one of the guys again. Yeah, like, yeah. He's got all this responsibility in Jedi. And even in Jedi, yes. there's those kind of shots where like Han does something like silly, probably sillier yeah. than he should have maybe in some fans' minds. Yeah. And Luke has that like, huh, that's just Han on yeah. doing something silly on his mortal level yeah. that I'm so far beyond. <laughs> I have so much responsibility. I mean, because I th- to me, it's like you know, New Hope ends and, and he's... Carrie uh, on their happy and they get a medal, Jennifer, and then yeah. then Empire Jedi. He's a sad, sad man. He is sad. He's certainly more stoic. I mean, even yes. his entrance in Jedi, I was like, whoa, Luke, wow, he's you know wearing all black like yeah. Johnny Cash. So <laughs> I don't think he, I don't think he's ever going to go back to being that naive farm boy that he was. Sure, but I think that where he might experience joy is maybe passing on what he's learned or what his ideas are for the future. Mm-hmm. To Ray, I yeah. think that's mm-hmm. where we might see the glimmer of hope, if glimmer. you will. <laughs> There's a lot of hope yeah. in Star Wars. Yeah. Certainly bemused by Ray and her youth yeah. and her, because that'll be a really great moment, because like yeah. Obi-Wan has those great moments like in A New Hope where he you know stops Luke from getting up and being mad about, I could pilot the ship myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Obi-Wan has that such a great, like, this is just the way kids are. Kids, kids, It'd be great kids. to have those moments with Ray. Padawans, of, like, Padawans, Padawans. This Padawans. is how Padawans yeah. behave, yeah. Right. <laughs> I did, there's a line in Screaming Citadel where Afra's like, come on, you, you want to be Padawan. Uh, <laughs> great line to Luke there. Uh, is, uh, I want to uh, jump down to this here. Is uh, there... The, the the trailer, the teaser trailer, which I, I still am a fan of. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. I've watched it less in Force Awakens because we've discussed the Force Awakens teaser is it's accomplishing different things. And it's a little bit more, yeah, yeah. Star Wars is back. But the Jedi one, uh, uh, I've watched a few times just to kind of dive into that darkness. Yeah. And I hope, to, it, it, I hope to swim around in that darkness a little bit in that movie, but the dialogue Luke speaks in that, the stuff about the Jedi ending, um, uh, the, the breathe and feeling out, yeah. feeling light in the dark. Um, how much of this, Joseph, do you feel is a misdirect? How much is going to be uh, dirty, rotten scoundrels? They push someone into the water and it never shows up in the movie. How much, <laughs> how much do you think out of that trailer is a misdirect and how much we get. I think a lot of it is uh, is exactly what it is. I, I think I think fans have have said, oh, I don't think those actual lines are going to be in the movie because they're voiceover. And right. Mark Hamill even said some cryptic thing that uh, people are running with at Celebration where he got off stage. Like, I just recorded these voiceover lines and I hadn't seen it cut together. And I think right. some fans are interpreting that as this is misdirection or this is Rogue One all over again. Right. I wouldn't be shocked at all if he does not say those lines. I think those lines are there to sure. communicate the truth of the film, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like Maz Kanata telling Ray uh, the, the, the stuff about the Force. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Who yeah. are you? Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but I think it's absolutely going to be the spirit of the, or a part of, huge part of the story of the film yeah. is how, what is the right way to go forward? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. And I, and I, I love the trailer's speculation. I, I love it. it. I'm not, I'm not done with that kind of uh, part of our business. It is, it is fun. It is, it is why we're here. And to hear Luke say that at the end gave me a gasp and uh, reaction at the end of it. So I think it's the tone of the movie more than anything, whether he says it or not. Again, it's so out of context. Yeah. You know, the sentence could have been cut off. It's time for the, the Jedi to, you know, end breakfast. Training's almost done, Ray. <laughs> you know, let's do it. I don't know. But Jennifer, where do you think... I, this is going. Yeah, I think that I could see the breathe, that beginning section, I could see that just being mm-hmm. for the trailer. But I think that this time for the Jedi to end, I do believe this in the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is going to be a Rogue One situation. I think that Ryan Johnson seems 
more like J.J. Abrams in the sense that, like, he wants kind of complete control yeah. over oh, yeah. what is presented. He's an auteur. An auteur, yes, exactly. As Kathleen Kennedy talked about mm-hmm. um, at Celebration. So I believe that he's not going to do this just to, you know, to uh, make it tantalizing to us yeah. fans. It's yeah. like, no, this is, this is I'm going to share with you guys what this film is about, the heart of soul yeah. of the film. It's exactly what he said in that last article in our news section. Of, mm-hmm. He started from character. Right. And he started from Luke's mm-hmm. character. Exactly. And whatever you think of Rogue One, it's not a criticism. That's not uh, how Gareth Edwards is working. Right. Gareth so, Edwards yeah. in, mm-hmm. in the screenwriter seemed like we're working with ideas and places and images, yep. and there's two valid ways to put together a movie. But I think yeah. somebody who starts with character yeah. is not going to put together a trailer that's like, uh, I don't know, what if the Jedi <laughs> ended? That's not what the movie about. <laughs> yeah, it's right. called The Last Jedi. Yeah. And yeah. I know the character's perspective, like the back of my hand, but yeah. ah, I slap something together. But no. Together. Make some ships yeah. churning up red sand and then yeah. say this. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Uh, and, and we talk about this a lot about Luke igniting the green. Uh, that, that lightsaber has to come out, mm-hmm. right? Has to, right, Joseph? Right, Jennifer? Yeah. Right, Steel Saunders? Where are you? I'm so sorry, Steel. Yeah. I'm becoming more okay with real with not? not igniting the green. Controversial what? statements. Don't, don't turn the podcast off, listeners. My no, I really want it. For the huh. off record button. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. No, I really, really want it. I would be thrilled if it was there, but I'm preparing mm-hmm. myself for it to not be there mm-hmm. if that is the right direction for the character and the story. I mean, that's the mature answer, Joseph. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm being mature. I'll start drinking the whiskey here, you know. That material will go out the window. No, here, I was thinking about, I can't even remember where I was hearing these different conversations, but um, I kept thinking about the relationship of lightsabers to masters with uh, Yoda and Palpatine, mm-hmm. how it always seemed, even as a kid to me, elegant that they were older uh. and that they didn't need to use the lightsabers, that that's a young person's game. Shoot, and then it, mm, And yeah. then in the prequels, they're like, well, George Lucas is like, nah, nah, nah. Everyone. Everybody's got, everybody has, everybody has <laughs> you lightsabers. You get one, you get one, <laughs> everyone yeah. gets one. They got a eight or nine backup ones yeah, to just yeah. throw out in the <laughs> Geonosis arena. They're ready to go. It's like, lightsabers, lightsabers. So I, I kind of accepted that idea was gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... I just hadn't thought about it. Like, well, chronologically, Sidious and Yoda could still be like, "Yeah, no, we're, we're done with these now." Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know if it's canon or not, but like in the uh, launch bay at Disneyland, yeah, where they have the displays of lightsabers, they have text about Yoda gave up using the lightsaber because he wanted to rethink the Jedi Order, so he never used a lightsaber after his fight with Sidious. Mm-hmm. Huh. And it says with Sidious, like Sidious only used the lightsaber to mock the Jedi. Oh, wow. And you bring out a lightsaber when he went to mock the Jedi. So, like, even this weird text in Launch Bay at Disneyland was kind of trying to walk back and say, maybe that perspective that you get to be the elder and you're not out there swinging a lightsaber, you're just using weird force powers. So the question mm. is, is a gift shop canon? <laughs> and I believe Lucasfilm has done this to themselves. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> wow. uh, no, I am not, oh, I am not, uh, so, I don't want to harsh anyone's buzz. I would love for that lightsaber to come out. I would sure. feel complete as a human if it came out. But I'm also just trying to look at the, if they went with that idea, could I accept it? Mm. That mm. The, an elder statesperson of the force it makes sense. doesn't use a lightsaber anymore. Makes sense. It makes sense that maybe he has some more powers, Jennifer, out there. Maybe oh. he's studied some other things. Maybe Luke's got some some good force lightning. Maybe he's got a some you know, force wind. Good force wind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just a light sprinkle. <laughs> Go good force lightning. Go force lightning. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, I, I know. You, you need him to ignite the lightsaber. Come on. I, mean, okay. I, I do appreciate. 
you, you've talked me down a little, Joseph. You really have. <laughs> but this is the kind of fan service, if this was on Twitter, this is the kind of fan service <laughs> clapping yeah, that yeah. we want to have, right? All right your you. clapping emojis have convinced me. <laughs> <laughs> because we were talking about this with Darth Vader and Rogue One, and yes. we're like, we have to see him. Yes. He's in his prime. So I know that kind of goes mm-hmm. to your point about Luke is not in his prime anymore. But this is the kind of thing that we need. Yeah. We need to see it. It has. It can be short. It can be short. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe him against Benicio del Toro is he is he in this movie? Like, what's up with that? Benicio del Toro. I'm more note. and more thinking that he's got like four scenes. Uh, you know if what I mean? That. He's if, getting phasma. Yeah, yeah. Phasman. I think he's really. I, I would love to be wrong. Maybe he's Cobb Vanth, Boba Fett, Ezra. Maybe he's all of it. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking. My my hope of him being Snoke's true assistant and all that stuff yeah. I wanted back in the back in the day. I, I think it's fading away. Yeah. But those knights around are pesky, and those knights around I think are going to emerge. Right. So maybe then maybe that's where, or maybe we see it in a flashback. Oh, right. That would be a way a to rationalize. It'd be pretty it. cool if Luke didn't want to ignite the lightsaber and it got to a life or death moment for Ray. Mm-hmm. Not that I want yes. him to go through saving Ray, but maybe, so, so maybe some. I don't know. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but if, if if he had to save someone who was overpowered or overmatched or cornered, yes, and he had to do it reluctantly. Okay. Right. Then we would get the services fans, yeah. and it would right. still make sense to the character. To the character, and okay. I understand. You know, I want. I want Ray to continue to be as strong as she is. I just I wouldn't mind seeing Ray stumble a little bit. Mm-hmm. She probably should because it is yeah. it's the second act and she's got to yeah. have problems. Right. Uh, and I, I don't need a you know hold my beer. I got this moment to, <laughs> with her and Luke, and she gets you know yeah because he can levitate the beer. He doesn't need her to hold, <laughs> he doesn't hold the beer. <laughs> levitate my beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't need that. But but yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like if if it makes sense. And 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 would you would you both be happy? Probably Joseph would if it's just in the flashback. Would that be enough? I just want it to be dramatic. I want it to mm-hmm. be that the swelling music coming up. I just want the it moment to... we didn't get in Force Awakens yes. that Ray exactly. got, which is a great moment. Yeah, right. with the lightsaber flying to here. Yeah. Right. yeah, that's my make or break. I want that moment where Luke steps up and does something amazing. Yes. Now, first choice, yes, that it's the lightsaber. But if it is a massive force push that throws every night of Ren halfway yeah. across the planet Ooh, okay. and it's still a cheer moment. Force mm. wind. I can, yeah, if, it, if it's the beauty of the force winds, yeah. it's, if it's force, earth, wind, and fire all at once, <laughs> I would be thrilled. But I just want that big hero moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And again, if it's, I like the idea of a reluctant Luke who, even if he is training Ray, is like, all right, all right. But I like your idea going back. You said about a bigger plan, and maybe that's why he's out there. Yeah. Um, so I don't want him to be like, oh, whatever, young kid. All right, I'll, I'll teach you some moves. Like, uh, but, that, but that it builds and builds where he's like, I don't, I don't do that anymore. And yeah. then he has to. Ah. He has to. And then maybe it costs him. It costs him. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking a lot about Luke because Luke is clearly going to be the focal point. That's a lot of what Ryan Johnson is talking about. Yes. That's a lot of what came out of Celebration with, with Mark Hamill, uh, I think, being wonderfully honest, as he always has been about yeah. his character. I want him to love this character because he is this character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we always thought, you know, there's some old, old stuff. There's some old stuff. And I think someone on Twitter asked, where, I can, where can I find I don't even remember. It's just out there in the, in, in, the, in the universe where, you know, he had a certain vision for Luke and Jedi that George didn't. Yeah. Um, being a more grizzled Went through he was picturing him as Mad Max. Yeah, basically. Oh, right, yeah, right. it's an old interview, right? Yeah, I, yes. I, I, I totally remember. Yeah, it, it's yeah. come up a lot. 
in the past. If you've watched them, if you if you're old Star Wars fans like us, you've yeah. seen there. <laughs> um, we're talking much a lot about Luke, but of course Ray is going to be yes. very very prominent there, and and the big uh, Ray questions about her lineage and where she's coming from, which. You know, I, I I have moments where I don't want to speculate, don't give a damn anymore, and other times where I'm like, oh, but maybe it is Kitster. Yeah. So <laughs> I, it is. Uh, it's fun, but uh, we're gonna be getting that confirmation of Ray's background, and could it be intertwined? What will be the? How special do we want Ray to be? How normal do we want her? Oh, your your mother and father ran a shop on uh, Nima's outpost. Yeah. Uh, what do you want? Do you need them to be intertwined, Joseph? I'm just starting to think that they will be because there has been this almost back-and-forth publicity argument about whose story this is. Because Mark Hamill during Celebration was like, you know, I was just there to support uh, (laughs) Ray. It's Ray's story. And you could see Kathleen Kennedy's eyes do a little cartoon bug out and clarify, like, you're going to get a lot of Luke Skywalker. (laughs) And now Ryan Johnson is out here saying, don't worry, it's Luke's story. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the film will be elegant in that it will be both of their stories and you won't walk out of there going... Yeah. Either generation got the shaft in terms of time. Right. And, but that is making me start to think that maybe their stories are really intertwined in the answer of what led Luke here also answers a part of Ray's background. Maybe not her parents, right. but a part of the mystery, at least, is, it, is, is intertwined it, with Luke. Is that too simple or intertwined for you, Jennifer? Do you want competing background stories? This is, a, this is a great question. I've never really cared who her parents are. I, I, really? Don't, yeah, I really haven't. I think it's kind of fun to speculate, yeah. but I don't, I don't want who her parents are to take away from how amazing her powers are. Right. How special she mm. is, like the chosen one in some sense. I get sense. that. You know what I mean? So I, I don't... Um, but that's a really good point. Maybe her past is intertwined with Luke's. Because mm. I remember that exchange on the stage, and there was this kind of weird, I don't want to say tension, but like, yeah. And then he made, of course, the jokes calling Ray his daughter, which, yeah. which yeah. almost didn't seem like a joke. It kind of seemed like a slip, and I'm like, oh, no, he's no, no. just joking. Oh, that was, yeah, yeah. He's just yeah. joking. But, yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. Yeah, I mean, from my own, my, my own point of view, I... I really want Ray to be connected to something, something bigger than herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I want Jakku. Jakku continues to be connected to things bigger than the planet should be. Yeah. Connected to. Um, I I don't. You know, is she Galeus Rack's daughter? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, you know, is she is she uh, Nima the Hut's uh, cousin? I don't know. But I I I would be. Like there was coming out of Force Awakens, it was a lot of like, oh, maybe maybe Luke was the one dropping her off. Maybe she was already being trained, and that's why Kylo's like, what girl? But you right. kind of get the sense that they didn't really know who the girl was, and, and yeah. Snoke was still kind of like, well, all right, if you're saying she's got Force powers, bring her to me. Um, so I, I'd almost be fine if if Ray is not as intertwined with why Luke is there, but it mm-hmm. seems too juicy to not be like that yeah you know what would be interesting is kind of related to harry potter Mm. like you know i didn't really need to know who harry's parents were but then when they revealed who they were and that they were you know uh, wizards and whatever that was a really interesting side story so if they did it in that way i think that would be interesting yeah um Mm. and it still wouldn't diminish who she is as a character yeah, I mean, I've never thought of it, but maybe her, I don't think it quite works timeline-wise, but maybe her parents or her relatives were uh, training with Luke and got slaughtered, and maybe that's, right. you know, a connection mm. to bring her into. I, I, I do kind of think, 
also since they made such a big deal out of Rose is going to be a big new character. Her story is going to be that she's just a person who chooses to have right. to take up the mantle that the story of anybody can be a hero is covered, which just really makes me feel like Ray is going to be sure. Obi-Wan Kenobi's granddaughter. She is going to sure. be born of the force. You know, clone of that hand. Uh, she's gonna be, yeah, Luke's hand all grown up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's why he's looking at her so weird. Like my hand my. is handing me the lightsaber <laughs> that fell out of that hand. Weird. Oh. Weirder than Space Queen vampires. We're hearing yeah. a lot again from Ryan Johnson, which could be in response to a lot of what we heard coming out of celebration from Mark Hamill. Kathleen Kennedy's always good at giving us news bites, and that's where a lot of our thoughts on this comes. One thing I think that there was definitely missing from the Last Jedi panel at Celebration, and is still kind of missing in what we're talking about here, is is the dark side stuff. Yeah. Mm. Don't hear you know, Adam Driver. Has already. I don't even want a trailer. They they wasn't at celebration, which could have been scheduling, could have been anything. Right? Yeah. I'm, not re- I'm not reading into that that they cut out all the bad guys, but they they did. No circus, no Donald Gleason. It just was like, here's our heroes. Yeah, That's and a good point. silence, radio silence on the bad guys. Yeah. Am I reading into anything, Joseph? Or is it? I'm glad it's a mystery. Were, were you? I think you it is gonna be. Less Kylo's movie than the first one was. I think we established Kylo. Okay. I think his emotionals, his emotionals, his emotionals, <laughs> his emotionals, as I call them these days, uh, his emotions are kind of uh, predictable. Mm-hmm. He can just be on the path of, I want vengeance. I still am fighting the light side. I killed my father for this, so now I'm all in. Right. And this new power is threatening me. So he's got a perspective to carry him through the movie. Right. So we, I think we're going to learn, we're going to see Snoke, we're going to learn a little bit more about that relationship, a little bit more of who Snoke is, but then I think much like the Empire in Empire Strikes Back, they're just chasing, mm-hmm. they're attacking, right. and our heroes are going through changes. Mm-hmm. I, mm, yeah, that, that's, that's again very smart uh, and insightful. It could just be that they're just pissed off. They're just pissed off, and they're taking over the galaxy, and they, want to find, yep, and they want to find Luke and Rey, and they want to kill him. Yeah. There's their motivation. That's sometimes all you need. Yeah. So maybe... (laughs) Trust me, Jennifer. It's all you need. Unless Kylo runs up against the wall of General Leia. Yeah. Somebody... Or Mm. or maybe a third act confrontation with Luke. So if he runs into those characters, then he has things to go through. But other than that, he's just angry and proving himself. Because unless there's a big Mm. swerve at the end and this this Rey goes bad, Luke goes bad, and Kylo goes good type of thing you sometimes see pop up, which I don't believe... Yeah. Is going to happen, but I I don't want to go into nine with Kylo questioning still, am I good or am I bad? Yeah. He can have that change in nine for me. Yeah. But I want nine to start with he is the ultimate bad guy now. Yeah. He's graduated finishing, bad guy finishing school. Yeah, that'd be a great twist for me if he kills Snoke in episode eight so that he is the big bad because that's just different than what we've seen before. Yeah. I like that. They need to regroup, you know, mm-hmm. so we don't need to see them as much. They can be off doing their own thing. We do sure. know, however, that his scar has moved. Yes, yeah. we do. <laughs> there was some uh, kerfuffle about that. And I will be covering that on the next episode of Star Wars Counseling because yes. I got so many requests for yes, that one. Really? Yeah. Great. Yeah. People I, I, were upset. Oh, yeah. Ah, I don't have a problem with that. No, makes sense. It's I don't. Yeah. It looks better. Well, you guys are good. I'll record it for other yeah. people, though. I mean, yeah, no, I know they need it, and I'm looking forward to your response on it, but uh, yeah. that's my answer. Yeah, hey, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> Um, and speaking of nine, as we as we head into nine, uh, episode eight is going to, of course, begin mere minutes after episode seven, which I actually am really excited about. I'm not worried about what the crawl will say. I'm not worried about anything. Start the movie. Give me a crawl. 
fade in and we're still standing there with Ray and in that saber. I mm-hmm. would love that. I loved how episode seven ended, not just emotionally, but I like that's the best final shot in all of Star Wars to me. Mm-hmm. It really is. I love it. It was something different. Take those risks. That's what we want with these movies. Have your trench runs with the X-Wings. We're going to get all the familiar things, but take some uh, story devices to places you have you've you have not taken it before. Uh, but Joseph, uh, you want to talk about eight into nine. Yeah, because I think that they will leave or they should leave space mm. because what we've been talking about a lot, and we're going to talk about more in just a second with the audience question of so much clumping around the original trilogy. Yeah. Eventually, 15 years from now, they're going to want to write so many books, not even 15 years from now, but right. you're, for years from now, they're going to want to write books and comics that happen in this era. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. right now we don't have any space for a Ray adventure. Yeah. You know, unless she and Chewie, and this is months or years later, and right. she, she and Chewie and uh, R2 had some adventures there uh, getting to Luke. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Could have taken a while. To yeah. Play, yeah. Imagine if there's no space between A New Hope and Empire. Yeah. Or absolutely no space between Empire and Jedi. Right. And how many years of storytelling we've gotten out of trying to squeeze into this beloved time frame. Yeah. That I wonder if they're thinking about that. Right. Right. In their whole creative process. We need book room. Yeah. Right. Book room. Book room. <laughs> book room. Uh, uh, Jennifer, yeah. do you want Nine to have some time? I think it needs to. I think also because of, of Carrie Fisher, I think mm. that they need mm. to do her, Leia's character justice mm-hmm. and not just be like, oh, by the way, this happened. Mm. So things need to have happened. And like you guys are talking about with Kylo Ren, that would be a fantastic moment for his character to be the established big bad guy. Oh, yeah. So we know he's been off you know, training and mm. becoming more evil, whatever that takes. Sure. You know, yeah. so we can discover that in the books or the comics or whatever, like you're talking about, leaving that that room to breathe. Yeah, the story needs that. I think. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, as much as I love seven running into eight, if it just runs into nine or it's if it's too short of a time, then I would feel like this trilogy is so compact mm-hmm. that you know, space it out. I, I like I like uh, the real time between Empire and New yeah. Hope and and. Jedi and Empire was a little shorter than I think the, the break between um, Empire and, and New Hope, um, but yeah, take take some time. Maybe maybe by the end of this, we, you know, maybe the First Order uh, ascends into power, and then then we're seeing a nine. We got to take them out of power, which could be a whole other set of trilogies. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm all, I, I, I like the idea. How far, you know. Is might be the question because yeah. they're also shooting these so close together. Yeah, exactly. You know? right. but, hey, with makeup you can make Ray look a little older, and Poe have some gray hair. Yeah, mm. but you know, you leave a year, leave even six months, because I just think down the road when we get nostalgic about the sequel trilogy yeah. era, yeah, mm-hmm. it would be a shame if there's no room to tell stories. In yes. the sequel trilogy era. Right. No tales from Jabba's palace in this one. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we need some time. We need some time. Um, Good. Yeah, I, I think that's. I never had really thought of that. Yeah. Of of of. Uh, I'm, I'm so concentrated on eight. I haven't begun to think about nine, but they have. Yeah. yeah. And they have. A lot of talk uh, coming up in episode eight is what we're going to see, maybe in ways of Force ghosts or the pasts of the Jedi and the Sith. And again, Snoke and Kylo Ren, not so much Sith, but they might have some in, insight. Uh, maybe maybe Kylo Ren's still talking with some people. Who yeah. knows? Mm-hmm. Um, we're hearing a lot about maybe Hayden Christensen. Uh, would, would you want the Emperor back? Uh, Obi-Wan, of course, whose voice did appear uh, in Episode 7. So with Force Ghosts and the possibility of Luke really diving into the past and the history of the Jedi, is there a, uh, a cameo, cameo you want? And if you could only get one, Jennifer, mm-hmm. who do you want in this movie? 
Well, there were rumors that Frank Oz was brought back in for something, yeah. right? Do you guys remember that? Yeah. He's voicing a rock. <laughs> so I would love to see Yoda make a cameo. Okay. Puppet form. Puppet form? <laughs> so let's make that clear, she says people. through the clenched teeth. Puppet what, form. What, in, in doing what? Doing what? Sitting on a rock. Sitting just by spout, the dock of the wisdom. bay. <laughs> just okay. sitting there with, with his little little legs crossed, little feet dangling. Like like, like Force Ghost Yoda. Yeah. Just sitting there, force ghost sitting yeah. on a rock on Aktu. Yeah. So would you literally want just like a cameo of him just watching Ray's training of just he appears shimmering? That would delight me to no end. He doesn't even have to speak. Or yeah. like you were saying, Ken, remember that that rock, that image yeah. uh, in the trailer of yeah. him on the rock? Yeah. I'll oh, take yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I'll take I mean, it. It's def- good. I'm definitely on team rock now. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's <laughs> yeah, still, <laughs> still be all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I, I think if I had to pick only one. Only one. I would pick Obi-Wan. Really? Yeah, partially uh, because I still think it is a possibility that Rey is connected to Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. And also, if they are using Obi-Wan in the sequel trilogy, and that is what's holding up a solo movie yeah. or announcement of the solo movie, let's get it out of the way. Oh. Right. Yeah. Right. I, if I only had one, I'm going Hayden Christensen as Anakin. Mm, nice. Really? Nice. Yeah. I think, again, we're not, you know, Kylo's a big question mark and what's going on in this movie with him, but I think... If Luke is studying how we failed and how the Jedi failed and maybe why they have to end, Anakin definitely had some theories on why the <laughs> yes. Jedi had to yeah. end. And maybe he studied his, his father. Maybe part of this journey was who was that man I saved and who was that man who wanted to rule the galaxy with me. And maybe Kylo is still studying his grandfather. And it's gone from uh, you know hero worship to what really happened and, and or can I draw more dark power from... Uh, this person, and let's go to the point where he turned bad, and and maybe there's somehow uh, that they can reach Hayden. That or it's just a flashback. Mm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But if it's if it's Force Ghost Hayden, I don't think it is. I don't think that's happened. They, that 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 would be very hard to keep under wraps. I think at this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, but I would want I would want uh, Anakin. Hayden, cool. Hayden cool. form, not Sebastian Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> and not a puppet. Not a puppet. Not a puppet. I, I think it is a possibility that we'll see all of them in a big old force vision. Oh, big old force party. Dream. Big old force party. Hanging out. Dream. So that is where we are right now with Last Jedi. There's still a lot more questions to have answered, which I love. I never want to be ahead of the story. I definitely want the makers of Star Wars to be smarter than me when it comes to <laughs> what stories are put up on the screen. Uh, you guys probably do have some thoughts as well. You know how to find us at Force Center Pod. Use that hashtag Force Center to join that conversation and let us know where you're at with Episode 8 right now. What do you think is going to happen? What do you think about some of the stories? Ryan Johnson's statements, Mark Hamill's statements. Where are you on Episode 8? But now, Joseph, we are going to audience questions, which is something we've we've always done, but now it is expanded. Yeah, yeah. So we have wonderful audience questions. As always, we will get audience questions from our Facebook and our Twitter, but this is the first episode we're recording since our Patreon has launched, and we are also getting questions specifically from patrons on Patreon because we uh, appreciate that support so much. So uh, first couple questions come from good old Twitter and Facebook. Leanne Jones at Leanne CJ asks, hypothetically, picture it. They successfully hide the original trilogy cast, or at least uh, Harrison Ford's The Force Awakens involvement. So imagine that that had happened. Mm -hmm. How do you react when you're sitting in the theater and Han first appears? Can you even put yourself in that emotional space, my friends? (laughs) I would have reacted probably 
a higher times 10 version of how I did when I even saw that Chewy were home moment in the yeah. trailer, which was, uh, you know, at a gas station in Prim, Nevada, uh, <laughs> crying as my friend pulled away back onto the 15 freeway. Yeah. Wow. I, I absolutely, it, it, it would have been, if they had managed to pull that off, which yeah. would have been... Insanity. Crazy. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if I would have, I, I would have missed the next four minutes of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Jennifer? Yeah. I mean, tears for sure. If it was in the movie theater, we wouldn't have been able to hear what he said. Yeah. So it would have been interesting. It would have been that moment. Right? He's just like, and then processing (laughs) it. And then we'd have to watch it, of course, the second and third time and to get what he said. It would almost be like overwhelming. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's definitely what I thought of. Like you, you would have to yell to the projectionist or the digital projectionist and like rewind because we missed five to seven minutes just screaming and weeping and probably other fluids. Who knows? I mean, it would be (laughs) overwhelming. But I think the main thing is that if, if they could have done something like that, I would have been so emotionally overwhelmed. But then I, my next emotion would have been terror Uh, that Disney had the power to market you know, yeah. shoot this film, market this film, and hide it. Oh, like, because right. I just don't. You can keep some secrets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Harrison Ford is playing Han Solo again. Yeah, Can't I don't. Is that a secret that? Yeah, been some I guess we'll see. Magic wizardry on the part yeah. of Disney. Wow. Uh, very fun question, Leanne. Thanks for sending that in. Uh, also from uh, Twitter, Chris Whitehead at Osiris two nine two asks, "What if Vader survived the events of Return of the Jedi?" Mm. Just a fun what if thought, mm. Jennifer. Can you imagine a world where uh, he's like, take that mask off, and looks like, no, you'll die. And he's like, you're right, keep it on, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would have been a wonderful father and son adventure that they could have been on mm. uh, together, uh, redeemed. I, I don't, as, mm. it would have been fun to watch, but yeah. I, yeah. I cannot imagine that happening. Yeah, it like was the, the story. Right, yeah, this, for the story, the sake of the story. Although I would have, well, he was at the uh, Ewok Jamboree, as uh, Pablo Hidalgo called it, yeah. which I will forever call it. Um, yeah. I, assuming he, he survives and he's redeemed, yeah. yeah. Helmet on, whatever. And they change, they, all right, let's change your helmet to something softer. Yeah. I think, but you're a good guy now. Um, <laughs> I, I could see him, I could see. What Luke, we know he did already, which is let's go find out a little bit about this Jedi Order thing. Let's find out what I am now. How do I restart this? Oh. Maybe he and and the newly recrowned Anakin Skywalker go do that. little father-son road yeah. trip. And maybe they decide to rebuild the Jedi Order in their collective image. Yeah. Because like I'm sure Anakin's probably like, hey, let me tell you about some of that stuff. You know, that turned me bad. There were some things not going good in that. Yeah, mm. yeah. Maybe that. Yeah. I, I immediately thought of the, the father and son bonding, obviously, where Luke could ask a lot more questions. Um, certainly thought of the first person that Anakin wants to talk to probably is Leia. <laughs> and that <laughs> this is just right. like the world's largest apology to her. The galaxy's right. large, where he's just, I think he would be trying so hard to make up for everything yeah. and to be selfless. Yeah, that's a big thing. Jedi are supposed to be selfless, selfless. and he was al- ultimately selfish. Yeah, mm. that he would probably be annoying to be around. <laughs> like you'd say, "Hey, you want that last piece of pizza, Anakin?" No, 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 no. <laughs> Somebody else should take it. Like, just I have to be selfless at all times. All times. All times. Yeah, but that's such a fun what if. It, it, yeah, I wish uh, that might be a fun thing to do. Is more yeah. uh, kind of the old Marvel what if comics they had. That might yeah. be a fun way to expand the Star Wars galaxy and play around with some of those right what ifs. Sometime uh, we're going to get into our Patreon questions. Uh, this comes from our patron Manning Franks. Thanks so much for your support and for sending this in. This question is semi-serious as well as semi-weird, so I guess it must be a Star Wars question. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking with the 
introduction of Zero the Hut into canon, would we ever want to see another hut introduced into a live-action capacity, be it anthology or numbered title? Would you want something designed similar to Jabba or something else entirely? Should he, she speak Hattis or go galactic basic like Zero? How weird do we want to get? Mm. 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 I mean, there's so many other huts now in, in official canon. There was a lot in yeah. the EU. Um, Gracchus in his steroided body. Yeah. Uh, Neem of the Hut, which was more snake-like. I'm, yeah. I'm fascinated by the huts because it's one of the things we talk, to, talk a lot about your impressions as a child. I just assumed Jabba was the only one in the galaxy. Oh, yeah. He is right. the hut. He's Jabba. the hut. The hut. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Not Jabba so, a hut. Uh, I'm fine that there's a planet and a race and they exist. Uh, it's still always kind of a little weird to me when a new one shows up because Jabba is so great. Yeah. Yes. You kind of have a weird special place in your heart for Jabba in a, in a weird way. Yeah. Right? And I know yes. you do, yeah, Jennifer. Oh, of course. Oh, oh I do. Uh, and that's that's what I think would be challenging is mm-hmm. how do you bring I, – I don't think that he can well, – sh- or she. Mm-hmm. How do you do it? Well, first of all, it has to be puppet form. Okay, like they yep. did with Return of the Jedi. It <laughs> yeah, cannot yeah. be. <laughs> Jennifer, it has to be Puppet Linda. Uh, that is my middle name. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a tall order. Yeah. You know, how do you It make... would. If it's, um, you, know, uh, you know, the stink bomb child of Jabba, what was it, Rod of the Hut? Yes, Rod, Rod of the Hutlet. Rod of the Hutlet, you know, uh, yes. stinks or whatever they call them. Stinky. 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 Right? Stinky. If uh, that hut grow, huts live, to live a while, yeah. right? Yes. So, uh, you know, let's say... Rada's around in in episode nine oh, or something like I, that. That would be cool. Or like or that. a Han Solo adventure. Yeah, I could accept, I could I could more than accept that. I I might actually like it. it yeah. hut, huts are a part of Star Wars, and they should be. Yeah, it's just weird. We haven't really seen other than in Phantom Menace. You know, you get. Uh, Guy, what's her name? John a blank. It's like Gardula. A, Gardula yes. the hut. It's, it's like mentioned. a it's like yeah. a win trivia contest or something. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, you, you kind of see in the background, and it's like you accept it as is. But to have a hut full front and center in live action uh, would be interesting. A little weird. Yeah, a little weird. I do want it. Because I like in the Clone Wars, there's a couple of those episodes where they go to the council of the huts and mm-hmm. you see all these huts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only negative part of it for me is because Jabba is the original hut, yeah. he's starting to look like kind of a basic hut because yes. they dress all the other huts up to be not Jabba. Yeah. So they just put more things on them or give them a different color or a weird voice. So they're, hi, I'm not Jabba. Yeah, uh, hi, I'm a zero. Yeah, in zero, zero the hut sometime. Zero. zero. Okay, we'll talk, you know, let's do a whole zero the hut episode because we've never talked okay. about it. Zero the hut is my lowest Star Wars moment. Really? Yeah, we'll, we'll have to, it's, it's the voice, it's the voice. It's I the love voice. the voice. It's the voice. Oh, hey, Padme, you coming into my place? Padme. I'm zero the hood. I want to see a cabaret performance. Okay, you're already making me feel better just to know that somebody else got joy from strange, strange. Uh, yeah, we'll 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 do a whole episode. Yes. It'll be a zero of the hut thing. Okay. I, so here's my my basic answer to Manning Franks because uh, I know I got to keep going here. Um, I would love. I think it's Gorga the Hut mm-hmm. who's got some weird steampunky business in the Clone Wars animated series. Who's got like a big sort of a, a space monocle. I would like to see a hut like that that's got some, like, Star Wars-type machinery on its head that would be, like, aesthetically cool, but not, like, trying too hard to be not Java. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And Hutties. And you're very right about they try to... Make everyone else not Jabba. Yeah. Not, not Jabba looks like a basic bitch. Just yeah, exactly. <laughs> he looks like a basic hut. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jeez, spice it up, Jabba. Good God. Like, yeah, Jabba is Wear the, some rings or something, man. He is, yeah. the, he is the hut that wears khakis everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so he's funny. A, he's the 
cargo shorts equivalents. <laughs> the cargo shorts of the huts. And Manning, yes, Hatties. I mean, it's definitely Hatties. Yeah. It's fine that Zero spoke a galactic basic in yeah. her very unique way. But man, I want Hatties. I want subtitles. Aguabosca puño. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Puppets and subtitles for this group of people. And uh, finally, we're going to combine two questions uh, from Patreon because they were, they're good and they're both kind of a who would you like to kind of Star Wars character question. Sure. From uh, Kyler Allred. Kyler asks, if a Star Wars character was put into our world, who would you think would fit in the best? And uh, Mark Knope asks, if there was a singing contest in the galaxy far, far away, who would win and why? This weird question is inspired by the Eurovision Song Contest that is delightful mm-hmm. that's taking place in Europe this week. So mm. let's say answer both of these at the same time. Which Star Wars character would fit the best on Earth and... Might be the same, might be different. Which would do the best performing in the Eurovision Song Contest? I love that. I have, uh, my answers, I, I would like to go far and wide and, and go into the depths of databank brawl and Star Wars ranked and all those wonderful things. But yeah. the, the one who would fit most in this world, because he already is, is, is Han Solo. Yeah. He, it's mm. just kind of, he, as is, old Han, before he dies, seems to me like he'd fit the best in this world. Right. You change his pants so they're a little less exotic. Yeah. That leather jacket fits just fine. Just fine. Yeah. And, I mean, that term's a grumpy about the world, and I'm going to go fly my plane and land it on the wrong one runway. It just, I mean, they're so good at these characters are who they are. You yeah. know, they became, so I can't separate from that. I really, you know, Poe might be an answer. I'll let you guys fit But But for me, Han Solo, as far as the song, and I'll keep it simple, stupid, Princess Leia. Yeah, oh, singing the Life Day song. Oh man, come Absolutely. on, man! That's straight yeah. out of Eurovision. Like they should just enter the end of the holiday special yeah. into Eurovision. Yeah, it's America's Absolutely. entry into the Eurovision, and having the pleasure of witnessing her sing next to me on a couch. Yeah, Carrie Fisher, God bless her, had pipes, man, yes, much like her did. mother. So, yep, put mm. put Princess Leia in like a Eurovision dress, singing Life Day. Okay, all right. Well, Jennifer, I'm going to have you go last. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, so my my immediate thought, and I don't know why, for fitting into our world is similar to Han, but my immediate thought was Lando. Oh, mm. sure. Because mm, he does that's have a good answer. Mm-hmm. He does have. He, he, he's relatable, like yeah, charming guy who's got some shady business deals going on. And if I saw somebody like Billy D. Williams wearing a cape, I'd be like, "You do you. You have like the energy <laughs> and the it, attitude man. to carry it off. <laughs> got it. Your cape doesn't even need strings. That's how yeah. badass you are." Yeah. And then my mind also went to uh, one of Ken's favorites, uh, Piet. Admiral Piet. Yeah. I've just imagined encountering yeah. Piet at like TSA. Yes. Just being really oh, officious yes. and be like, yeah, that makes sense. Step uh, over here, sir. Hands above your head. Yep. Spread your legs. I told you to take everything out of your pockets. Yeah. Oh, uh, and for singing, my mind just went to size noodles. Come on. Of course. Yeah. And she's a, she is the good true answer. singer in canon. Yeah. Of Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> 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 That's it. That's it. <laughs> All right, Jennifer. All right. Well, Real world Star Wars, singing Star Wars. Real world, I didn't even think of a human. Mm-hmm. I thought of an Iakaru, and his Ooh. name is Bistan. And the reason why, which is so bizarre, why? In the real world. In the real world. Yeah. Because I could yeah. imagine him living in a jungle. Right? Like one of these like <laughs> monkey type characters where you're like, oh my gosh, that thing really exists. Like, like you just so see him on looking. planet Earth? Yeah. 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 I could totally see him on planet Earth. Now, if he spoke yeah. our language, that might throw me for mm-hmm. a loop. So I'm going to assume he speaks some whatever language he speaks, Yakaru. <laughs> uh, so that's that. Uh, singing contest, size noodles, of course. Yeah. We've seen her range going from Loptinek to Jedi Rocks. Yeah. So we know she has versatility. <laughs> she has incredible stage presence. Yeah. Right. Those luscious 
Uh, I, 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 you might remember, you might know where I'm going with Joseph. Jennifer, I got to give you credit. I haven't had a chance to do it in person yet, off air. So on May the 4th, I went uh, with uh, my good friend Michelle Boyd to a uh, Geeks Who Drink Star Wars trivia contest. It came in sec- we, ca- we came in second place oh, by like wow. two points. Oh. We, there were some hard questions, I will mm-hmm. admit. But one of the questions was about Bistan <gasps> and his, his, uh, his race, his, his, his species as an alien there. And uh, I couldn't remember, but they give you two choices, multiple choice. I was like drawing a blank. <sighs> Oh my gosh. And suddenly your voice was in my head <laughs> going, Bistan, Irikaru. And I was like, I got it. I got it. And it was right, of course. I yes. got that point. But oh. I want to give you credit for that point. Oh, I, I heard your voice in my head. <laughs> Jennifer force ghosted into your mind. Yes. Yes. This is great. And was I wasn't great. saying Bistan. I was like, Bistan. Bistan. <laughs> so much attitude. Oh, well, those it. are our audience questions. Thank you guys for sending them in. As you can see, we will continue to take them from the general world on Facebook and Twitter, and we will send them out to patrons. Yeah. Uh, we will make sure we appreciate the patrons sending questions in, so we'll make sure that there's always at least one question from a patron. But uh, we do want to walk that line between making the podcast available for everyone and showing our appreciation to people who support us. And also, I misspoke because I went through all the many fan questions that we got sent in. We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, crowding around the original trilogy next week in our audience questions. Gotcha. Absolutely. That is it for now. You can follow us on Twitter at ForceCenterPod using the hashtag ForceCenter. Join the conversation for this show. We're trying to get to 2,000 followers. We're making that push. We're getting close. Real close. Our goal is almost there. On Facebook, you can like us there. And uh, we're trying to reach for 1,000 there. So reach on out. Press that like button. We're on iTunes. The ratings and reviews always help. So if you are subscribed already or you're not, go and subscribe on iTunes and leave us a rating and review. That definitely helps at 200 reviews, Joseph. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a very special databank bra with main characters. Something That's right. We've done before just once. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you haven't uh, listened yet, go check it out. Uh, we can pull back the veil because it's been a while. It's Obi-Wan versus Boba Fett. Right. We fought those main characters, and I have another matchup in mind. When we get to 200, we'll do it, and we're pretty close. Pretty close to that as well. And as mentioned, we have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash center. It's up and going. Joseph, we are very humbled and uh, have a lot of gratitude for the folks who have supported us already because we reached our first goal in, in record time. Yeah, it's really, really uh, just heartwarming uh, how quickly people have responded and how supportive everyone is. So uh, we really uh, appreciate that. Uh, and uh, we're going to be releasing pretty soon here our bonus episode that's mm-hmm. we're doing once a month. The finish the fan fiction that's only available to patrons, so uh, you can get access to that at just two bucks a month. Right, and uh, the next uh, goal uh, you said was related to, to theme music and 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 really uh, continuing to to push Force Center in a different, not different, but continued direction yes. up in 2017. Different is a scary word, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> Much yeah. like Bistan can be scary, you said when you jump out. Jennifer, where can they follow you and all your wonderful Star Wars adventures? You can find me on all the social media sites, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, at Jennifer Landa. Joseph Scripshaw. Yeah, you guys can find me oh, so many places. Try not to find me. It's a challenge. Uh, I am on all the social media as at Joseph Scrimshaw. Uh, you can also check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for upcoming comedy adventures. Uh, my uh, podcast, Obsessed, is also findable on josephscrimshaw.com. And I did want to say one quick thing yeah. about that, that we're different. This yeah. is upward. Uh, that our next goal is uh, the theme music. Yeah, and uh, wanted to communicate clearly to our fans. One of the reasons we're doing that is the theme music that we have now is generic, right? Yes, it's 
So it's purchased from a site. Right. So at some point, you might tune into like uh, your local television station. There might be a commercial for uh, like auto insurance, <laughs> and you'll hear the four center theme. I've had that happen, and someone tweeted me and was like, "They're using your song." I was like, "Well." We went to the same sound design website. Yeah, Yeah. so that's part of what it is. is You know, the music will still be in the spirit of the kind of music that's there now with some extra maybe special bonus surprises. But it's really just to kind of keep putting our mark on this thing that we're making and make sure that it's ours. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And we got to hire some wonderful, talented artists. Artists? Artists (laughs) to do that. (laughs) Guys, that is it for now. Don't forget to follow Joseph Scrimshaw for all you. Got any big comedy shows coming up? Uh, Yeah, the the big one that I'm building towards, it got little... Little, little ones here and there in Los Angeles, but I'm going to be doing uh, be at Convergence, doing a big stand-up show and a live Star Wars counseling at Convergence in Minneapolis, Fourth oh, of July weekend. Wonderful! Wow. You can follow me at Kenapsock. Look for my show Daily Thrones on Anchor and Head Cannon from Joseph Scrimshaw oh, right. on Anchor as well, guys. That is it. That is Star Wars for right now. So for Jennifer Joseph, a cape wearing chopper, <laughs> this has been Force Center. See you next time. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.